I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I'm the most polite, well-dressed anarchist you could ever meet, but I'm also the most polite, nervous breakdown person. The most together person who's falling apart, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2, Series 2. How do you like those apples? I am officially a fucking podcaster now, I think. Like, Series 1, yeah, people are thinking, ah, she's just dipping her toe in. We'll see. We'll see if she's still here, Series 2. Well, I am, bitches. I'm here, and I'm back and bigger than ever with a brilliant new guest. Loads of new guests, actually. But today, I am welcoming... My favourite weather girl and one of my all-time loveliest, loosest ladies. It's the one, the only, Andrea McLean. Welcome, Petal. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And it's so nice for you to be interviewing me. Because obviously, I've interviewed you loads of times. We've met hundreds of times and we've gassed. But now, it feels so nice just to hand control over to you. Do whatever you like. Ask me whatever you like. I don't mind. A little bit of role reversal. Are you really that okay with it? Or do you feel like you're a little bit in the the hot seat, relinquishing the control? Is it a bit stressful? No, it's nice. It's really nice. I don't have to be head girl. No, you have to be head girl. <laughs> so the pressure's on me is what you're saying. I felt instantly sweaty now that you've said that. Like, I'm getting stressed out. <laughs> I'm so pleased you're so nice. I think um, I'm so pleased you are my first loose woman, so to speak, because um, I would feel super intimidated like having any of you on because you are all complete professionals at what you do. And you've been doing it for so long, right? Well, I've been a... a- TV presenter now since um, 1996. Stop so it. I've been doing. When were you born? I don't want to talk about it, Andrea. I've <laughs> <laughs> been doing it longer than you've been no. alive. God, no, no. <laughs> but but I was definitely not ten. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it for a really long time. But you know, all it is is just it's just talking and listening and answering uh, uh, answering questions and asking questions. It's just a conversation, you know. And you're you're really good at it. And I'll tell you why you're really good at it because you're interested. Oh. That's all it takes <laughs> is just being interested. I think that's a very polite and diplomatic way of saying I'm a fucking nosy cow. <laughs> Maybe that's a Geordie way to put it. I don't know. (laughs) But I am. You're right. I'm super interested. And I find everything about you really fascinating. And what I love most about you, and I, I... 
I won't flatter you too much because you strike me as the type of person who's going to get uncomfortable if I go too far. Look, you're already... She, if no one can see this, but Andrea is go, going bright red as we speak. Um, <laughs> you are a survivor, mate. And I just wanted to say, like, I feel like you're very inspirational. And I've said this, like, on my Instagram story before when I got your book. Um, and no doubt, like, I've probably said it to loads of me pals and me mum before, but I just wanted you to know that, like, you, you're a very, very brave woman and I'm probably honoured to have you on today. Oh, I I really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm, I'm more, I, you know, I'm more touched that you said that to your mum. <laughs> wow, thank you. Oh, Andrea, like I was dying to have like, because obviously I'm away at the moment, so I was dying to have your book. I thought that's me perfect opportunity to read it. Well, my mum's gone to Turkey on on a holiday on her own. She's desperate for some sun, and she's fucking gone and took it before I had a chance. <laughs> so I couldn't even properly do my research. She's had it off. She's took yours and she's took Chris and Rose Francis as well. That didn't stand a chance. <laughs> Light-fingered bastard, Carol. Well, I've done an audio version, so you can, you can download the audio book and just lie there with your headphones on and listen to me whispering sweet nothings in your ear. Oh, I love it. It's the lazy girl's guide to getting everything she needs. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I will talk to you loads about your book in a bit, but I want to go back to sure. Loose Women because obviously we shared that in common, didn't we? Um, but I mean, you your stint has proved a lot longer and a lot more successful than mine. What was, you about 13 years ago you started, did you? Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't want the job. When it first came up, I was too scared. I get that. You know, I, I literally, I I had been off work for a few months, two and a bit months uh, on maternity leave. I'd had my second child, Amy, who's now nearly 14. And uh, I got this call from my agent at the time saying, do you fancy working on Lou Sumin? And I said, no, that's that shouting <laughs> program with all the women who argue. I don't want to work on that. <laughs> And, um, I can see you seeing it as well. <laughs> and uh, and she went, I think you're mad if you if you turn it down. It's such a great opportunity. So anyway, about a week or so later, I then went back to work. And so I was working on GMTV at the time, which is now um, GMB, as it's called. And uh, my first day back, I got a call saying, they've been back in touch. Now they know you're back at work. Do you want to have a go on Thursday? They weren't letting it lie, were they? No, and I was like, oh, <laughs> No, I said, I don't know how I'll compete with all the, the women trying to get in. And she said, oh, no, they don't want you to be a panelist. They want you to anchor. And I went, oh, oh that's OK. No, I can do that. I can anchor. Anchoring yeah. is fine because it's so much easier than being a panelist. Because, you know, like what you did when, when you were there, Vicky, you you have to be you have to be quite gobby, yeah. which, you know, you were really good at. You have, to, <laughs> you have to not be sort of shy at coming forward. And, you know, it, it's a bit of a tussle sometimes to get your opinions across. And I'm not very good at that. What I'm really good at is being diplomatic and making sure everyone has their say and making people feel comfortable and all that sort of stuff. So once I knew I was going to be anchoring, I was fine. So I literally started that Thursday and never left. I've been there ever since. Never looked back. And you're just a a staple on that panel now aren't you <laughs> I'm the longest serving anchor now Honestly. because the yeah I've been there longer than anyone else and although the show's been going for 20 odd years now 
it was the year I started where it was on full time mm -hmm. because before that it was on like a few weeks here and then a few weeks there. It was like a filler in between other programs yeah. came off air. But the year I began it was coincidentally was the year that it was properly put into the into the schedule. And yeah, I've, I've been there the longest. <laughs> still there <laughs> you're doing something right pet honestly I always felt like when I was on with you I felt like a little a little bit better I felt like a little bit more relaxed because I knew I was in good hands um I was super intimidated on um loose women quite I, and I understand that I really really do and um for me whenever people come on and they're new and like like people like you when you came on I always want to to take people to one side and just reassure them that I will look after them. And mm. I always ask the team, can can the new person sit next to me? Yeah. So that I can, it's little tiny things. If I, if I can just reach over and pat your hand and know that you're okay, or look in your eyes and let you know, I can see you're feeling uncomfortable, just non-verbally and let you know, I'm gonna dive in here and save you from yourself. Because it's, I couldn't sit there and let someone drown it, because it's a really, difficult thing that the others make look easy because they've been doing it for such a long time to just sit and be open about yourself and you know keep poking at wounds and you know talking about life experiences and this sort of thing so I, I really I feel like every new person is like a little duckling that I need to hold and let them know that it's all okay you're gonna be all right until they become big brave swans or grown-up ducks or whatever and then I know they're fine oh bless you you always did have a very nurturing nature and it was really nice to have shared the panel with you I feel like Good. I had so many amazing experiences on loose but you know the thing that used to kill me Andrea is like you've got what it's is it an hour long show and there's like four breaks or something so you're probably on air for like 40 minutes and there's four or five women in some instances and definitely two guests like it's a battlefield trying to get a word in fucking edgeways, especially if you're in on with like certain panelists. And I just used to sit there and like I have talk back in my ear and they'd be like, Vicky, if you just like the producers, Vicky, you can go now with your point. And I'd go to open my mouth and someone would just talk over us. So I'd think, oh, I'll just give it a minute. And then like they'd suss that obviously I wasn't feeling comfortable. So then they'd give it another. And then, Vicky, any time now. And then someone else would talk. And I'd just sort of sit there with my finger up my arse thinking, what am I even doing here? Like I've not spoke for 30 minutes. Like no one's let this get a word in. Nobody cares. I'm actually mortified now. And then what would happen, Andrea, is I'd get so embarrassed that I'd been so useless. I would just blurt something out right near the end that was probably so irrelevant or maybe it had already been covered, but just so I didn't look like such an, like a spare part. It was, I was oh, tortured with anxiety the entire you. time. Oh, I was so scared. I hope you never felt like that on my watch because, oh. because I know exactly what you mean. And uh, there are certain times when, yes, the producers are in everybody's ear saying, okay, so-and-so next. And people, it's, Vicky, it's very strange. People get temporary deafness and they don't hear those instructions and they just carry on regardless. But I can hear them all because I have open talk back. So for me, if I can see that someone is is not paying attention, I cut across and will say, yeah, okay, Vicky, what do you think? And I'll get you in. So my job, it's so funny. You know, one of the things that I've been criticized over my 
hundred years working on telly. Andrew McLean, she's so bland. She doesn't have any opinions of her own. I had this recently on social media. Oh my God, she's so boring. What they don't realize is my job is, is not necessarily to be the opinionated one. It's to make sure that everyone else has their time, that if someone is feeling a bit stuck I always see it as a bit like being a conductor yes. you know so you're going a little bit more from the that section a little bit more tone that bit down and so the, the <laughs> what ends up is a beautifully balanced conversation yeah. and I kind of feel like I'm sort of doing that and so yeah if I if 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 I was ever on with you I would make sure right Vicky's coming in Vicky's coming in stop Vicky in you're in it's a bit you know it's a bit like being a conductor and a gladiators referee it's it's the strangest job in the world no and you do it beautifully mate and fuck that person on social media because honestly you do it seamlessly and I would never have you pegged as someone without like any sort of opinion what I actually just think is you're very diplomatic and very good at your job so yeah you can't please everyone unfortunately Andrea no I know I've, it's been really good actually since since um, you know, writing the book and everything, I've I've cared a lot less, yeah. a lot less. Isn't it liberating? In fact, f- September for me was called Fuck Off Month. Please tell me more about Fuck Off Month <laughs> because it sounds like something I'll want to do. It so is. <laughs> well, basically for me, um, September is my new year, right? Because I always kids think go back that to school. Kids go. You go. But I'm still in my head. I'm about. 12 so you know you go to school you've gone up a year you get a new uniform you get a new bag I can still smell the new school shoes smell you know all of that and I just think that's that's a great new year because (laughs) the sun is still shining it's still quite warm you're still feeling quite good you just come back off holidays you're quite refreshed (laughs) and for me that's when I like to write my goals about what I'd like to achieve or things I'd like to do and 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 you can take stock of how the year's gone so far I never do New Year's in January January's horrible why would you do it in January it's it's dark it's raining you just want to sleep and eat a lot so (laughs) you never feel motivated in January so for me September is like the fresh start and I Nick and I were talking about it you know how can what would we like to do you know for a fresh start and I was like I'd really like to just anything that doesn't serve me as in it doesn't feel good or people who be just tell them to fuck off and he was like do it babe do it so I did it was amazing I'm probably the most polite well-dressed anarchist you could ever meet but inside I may not have actually verbalized it to people but inside I was like you can fuck right off because I'm not doing that and it just felt so good felt so good only only you could feel liberated by telling people to fuck off in your head like walking around like you fuck up no you fuck up like I'd be telling everyone but no Andrew McLean just too lovely she's telling them in our head <laughs> you need to spend a day with me it was just as good <laughs> it was just as good do you know what I that's kind of what I'm like I don't know if you've ever heard the story I've told it once on Lucy and I don't I won't ever say who this person was but this sort of sums up what I'm what I'm like there was a person in my life at one point who really wasn't, well, I've had lots of people who weren't very nice, but this particular person, and they kind of went out of their way to make me feel really quite bad about myself. And they were staying over one time, they were staying over at my house, and they'd already, they'd been pretty horrible and making me feel bad in my own home, which is bad enough. Anyway, shitty. I went into their room to put some fresh towels down because I thought, you know, and they have a shower in the morning and all this sort of stuff. And I could feel a little pop coming. Is that like a little toot? I sat on their pillow Uh and I did a little toot on their pillow. (laughs) 
fucking brilliant. And then I smoothed it over and I laid down those lovely fresh towels and I walked out with a big smile on my face. And then that night, knowing that this person was lying in my guest room, lying on a pillow that I had popped on, happy, happy as anything. Remind me never to stay at yours, by the way. I will never do that to you because you're lovely. This person totally deserved it. They were shocking. I hope they get pink eye. I honestly hope they got pink eye. That is <laughs> never mind the mint on your pillow when you stay at She Andrea, you get shit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, it wasn't that bad. It was just a pop, <laughs> just a particle. It was a particle. There's no cause for concern, everybody. None, none. Well, I'm sure they deserved it anyway because if you're saying the word, oh, bad, totally, it must have been totally. Terrible. Um, come on. over the years you have interviewed and shared the panel on Loose Woman with some fucking weird, wonderful, and just downright super famous people. Who has been your all-time favorite guest? Um I think the one that I felt most in- intimidated by, but I also would count as, oh my god, I still can't believe I did this, was Oprah. <gasps> oh, that's a to, good in- one. It's it is, isn't it? Because yeah. you're interviewing Oprah Winfrey. Yes. It doesn't get any bigger than that, apart from Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, who I would love to interview one day. Are they on on your bucket list? Oh, yeah, totally. I would (sighs) totally love to interview them. But the day, obviously, we heard like Oprah was coming in and, and, you know, I have no say what day I'm on. It just happened to be my day. And um, I didn't sleep a wink the night before. (sighs) Not surprised. I was so scared because you're interviewing, it's, Oprah Winfrey. She's like the queen of daytime telly. Yeah. And all I could think of was, don't mess it up, don't mess it up. And please let her like me. Please let her like me. Because <laughs> I just, I don't want her to hate me. Oh, no. And I was so scared I couldn't remember my own name. I had to literally <laughs> write down my questions um, in order so that then I could just read them. Because I thought I'm going to lose the ability to speak. And I remember... I asked her the most banal question. I can't remember what it was now, but it was, you know, why do you think the, 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 and she looked me right in the face and she went, that's a really great question, Andrea. Oh, no. I can go home now. I mean, it was a ridiculous question. It wasn't even anything amazing. Oprah looked me in the eye and said that. So I'm like, literally in my head, there are tears. (laughs) (laughs) She's the, she's just the duck's nuts, isn't she? The queen of daytime telly. I love her. Oh, I'm jealous yeah. of that one. I She's am amazing. But in terms of who's been my favourite, um, I'd say Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, God, she's another fucking brilliant one as well. That's amazing. Yeah, she's, I've interviewed her a few times. And what I love about Whoopi, and I think I'm going to like have a tattoo made. Another, I've got a few tattoos, but I have another one, Be More Whoopi. Because <laughs> she's so herself. Yeah. And I've spent my whole life being really scared to properly be myself I've always thought oh god I better be how everyone expects me to be and then I met Whoopi Goldberg and thought oh my god I want to be like you you know <laughs> she, she does my job in America because she's the anchor of the view so it's the same same job so I was a bit nervous about meeting her because I thought what I don't know what is she gonna be like is she gonna be a bit intimidating she was awesome she turned up in trainers kind of baggy trousers um, her hair and these amazing dreads, her glasses on, and she was so 
chilled. Mm -hmm. You could ask her anything. You know, a lot of people will come with, they have riders, so they, you know, they they want certain things. They have a big entourage. Mm. They they have a big list of questions that they don't want to be. Whoopi was like, hey, ask me anything. I don't care. I love you. I love you. Oh. I base who I love most in terms of who I'm interviewing. Would I go to the pub with them? Yeah, that's, that's how I do it That's kind of my well. baseline. Yeah. Would I go to the pub with you? And I was like, I'd so go to the pub with Whoopi. <laughs> I feel like I'd have a drink. What do you think a tipple would be? Oh, I reckon she's like a bourbon. <laughs> yeah. She strikes me as like a straight bourbon. That's. I want to do um, Smirnoff Ice Torpedoes with Whoopi Goldberg, now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> I just want to get really chavy drunk with her. <laughs> well, do you know, in the, in the old days, um, Lusumin, I mean, really old days, uh, as in uh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, yeah. uh, Lusumin wasn't live every day. We used to do three live shows and two pre-recorded shows. Mm -hmm. So every Thursday, we wouldn't finish till like seven o'clock at night or yeah. something. So we would all go to the pub. But if, if, if the guest was a really good guest on the pre-recorded show, nine times out of 10, <gasps> they would come to the pub with us. And oh my God, we've had some of the most wild nights out with random guests who are on Loose Women, where we'd literally just go to the to Studio Six across the yeah. way, where they're in the old ITV building. And um it's it's not a particularly fancy place. And there'd be tourists in there and all sorts of stuff. And there'd be all the loose women, all the production team, and then some random star who's come across from LA to talk about whatever, going, yeah, I'll go to the pub with you. And we'd literally be there till midnight with these poor people mopping up around us going, can you please go home? Yeah, we had some fun, fun nights out. Oh, I it's so boring now that we finish at half past one. We don't go to the pub anymore. You just need to go for a boozy brunch instead, man, Andrea. Open up them horizons. Don't let, don't let time stop yes. you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think I already know the answer to this because you're so diplomatic. I don't think I'm going to get a particularly straight one for you and I'm not going to put any pressure on. But off the top of your head, can you remember any difficult guests you've had? Um, I can remember a difficult guest that I had who got the wrong end of the stick of a question that I asked. And I was mortified. I was really mortified because I'd actually been trying to pay them a compliment and, and it was Who was it? It was Russell Brand. Okay. And Russell Russell Brand is an extremely articulate, intelligent, erudite man mm -hmm. who, you know, and I've I've enjoyed his writings. I was really looking forward to to interviewing him. And I'd watched a few of his other interviews just to sort of get my mind into, okay, so this is this is the kind of thing that he's going to be talking about and this is how he normally responds. And, and You've done your homework. Yeah, and he'd said this really interesting response to uh, a question about addiction and about people overcoming addiction and how their personalities don't necessarily change just because they've come through addiction. That if you're lovely before, you'll be lovely afterwards. But if you're horrible before, you won't necessarily have therapy and that'll change you and you'll suddenly be a nice person and I thought that was such an interesting mm. question and answer so I jotted this down and I asked him the question and he totally got the wrong end of the stick and he thought I was saying to him basically oh, no. you know are you still you come through therapy and you're still horrible and that's not that's <laughs> not what I meant at all I meant the opposite of that and it was <laughs> I was so embarrassed and it was live TV and he, he refused to look at me no. and he just, he, he sort of said something along the lines of, well, if that's what you think, sweetheart or whatever. And he just refused to engage with me after that and oh. just would look at the other women 
And oh, it was terrible. So as soon as the show finished, I grabbed him. I li literally leaned across the mm -hmm. desk and said, Russell, I'm so sorry. You got the wrong end of the stick. That's mm -hmm. not what I meant at all. I would never put a guest in that position and I'd never insult someone like that. And he, he sort of went, yeah, right, and mm -hmm. walked off. I was devastated because oh. I'm not that interviewer. No. I'm not the type that would do something like that. And um, I was standing outside in the little, remember the little cafe bit yeah. where the old studios were, where all the guests would sort of walk through. Mm -hmm. And I was standing there and I was telling one of the producers, oh my God, I'm mortified. I've really upset him and what do I do? And they were saying, it's fine, just let it lie, it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And then next thing he came up behind me and gave me the biggest hug and just went, I think someone had clearly said to him, Andrea's really nice. She would yeah. never deliberately say anything like that. And he gave me a big hug and said, it's all fine. It's oh. all good. But I I was sweating. <laughs> I was tearful. And it made me realize I'm never going to be a Rottweiler interviewer. No. Never. No. Because it's just not in me. Yeah. So that was my most difficult interview because someone got the wrong end of the stick of what I was saying. And oh, it was someone that I admired and had wanted to it to go well it's like you say like there's people on loose women who have this specific purpose and if you're a janet street porter that you, that you are there to quote facts to quote statistics to be impressive and have a quite a firm opinion more often than not sometimes a controversial one if you're a colleen you're there to make everybody laugh we'll love colleen and like your purpose you ask great questions but you do you orchestrate the book the group you make sure everybody's kept in check you're not there to ask the hard horrible questions that are going to make people feel uneasy so dealing with someone like that must it's the same as me like whenever anybody comes on here andrea i'm like if there's anything you don't want to talk about it's proper off bounds because we're not yet to make people uncomfortable we don't want to Delicious scoop. I'm not P.S. Morgan. We just want to have a nice time. And you're the same as me. So I can imagine that would have fucking been such a punch in the dick. Russell Brand, man. Oh. It really was. Oh. Tell us this, though. Izzy, I've never met him in real life. Does he literally give birth to charisma? Did you fancy him a bit? Um, Yeah. <laughs> he smells amazing. I'm so He smells really good. <laughs> Oh, on that note, Andrew, I'm going to end part one. That was a truly brilliant place to... <laughs> Russell Brand smells really good. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you at the break about dragging him. 